Welcome to the Vivid Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, it's our hope that this message would help you reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. Now, here's Pastor Justin Reimer. You ready for the word today? Come on, are you ready for God's word today? I hope you have a Bible with you. If you don't have a Bible in your home, can you reach out to us and let us know? I will send you a Bible. Everyone ought to have a Bible. I love that I have a Bible right here on my phone, but there's nothing like this, having a Bible to open up and make notes in. And today I want to uh, direct us to a passage that I have some notes written down in my Bible about. It is in keeping with our whole series this summer, this summer road trip, the fact that God teaches us lessons on the way. Aren't you grateful that that God's not looking for us to prove ourselves to him? And then once we, we, you know, graduate or aspire to a new level or climb into you know a new platform or a new part of an org chart that he goes, okay, now I can trust you. Instead, along the way, along the journey, God is revealing who he is and what he's about and what he's like, and he's leading us. I've loved these stories, looking at like the road to Damascus and the road to Emmaus and people being healed on the road and people being led on the road. I loved having Calvin speak last week about the road that Elisha followed to Bethel, to the house of God and to the purposes God has uh, for our lives. If you've missed any of these weeks, go back and check them out. That is the beauty of being able to do church online this way, which by the way, we will keep doing no matter how we reopen in Vancouver and how we establish in Toronto. You can count on us. There will be something here every Sunday. If you have made Vivid Church your home, we're so grateful that you're a part of this and we're going to keep on doing church in this manner. In fact, this Sunday, uh, last Sunday night at our worship night in Vancouver, a young man walked in and hadn't seen seen him in almost two years. He, he moved from the city of Vancouver two years ago to pursue athletics in a D1 school in America. And, and, and we chatted, we had a great conversation, and he said, you know, if not for the podcast that you make available, I don't know where I'd be today. That really has been my point of connection to church. Isn't that amazing? Thank you, Vivid Church, for being part of this. Thank you for contributing and being part of what we're doing. So you can go back and watch online. You can go back and listen on our podcast. We want to give you as many tools as possible to stay connected on this journey as we navigate through summer. Is that cool? Okay, today's message, if you're taking notes, really simply, the title is this, On the Move. On the Move. Turn to the person beside you if you're sitting in a room with, a, with, with some people, maybe at a watch party or with your family, and say, we're on the move. Come on, if you're all alone, why don't you just throw it in the chat? Just type it down like, we're on the move. Maybe you just need to say it to yourself and remind yourself someday, we're going somewhere. We're on the move. Guess what, Vivid Church? We are on the move. We're going somewhere great. God has not been surprised in any way by the way that this season has gone. Isn't that reassuring to know God hasn't been surprised by this? God hasn't been baffled. He's, he's not, you know... Uh, pacing through the corridors of heaven saying, now what am I going to do? He's had a plan. His plan is perfect. And we play a part in that plan. I'm so grateful that God is continually leading us. I want to talk about that a little bit today, that in this movement that we're on, the way that God is moving us, he is leading us. And the greatest picture of that leadership, I believe, is this picture in the Bible in the book of Numbers chapter nine. So if you have your Bible, go there, Numbers chapter nine, and we're gonna look at the way that God led the people of Israel when they came out of Egypt. 
They came out of what was normal and consistent and formulated and expected and oppressive and impossible to ever sort of win. And they were making their way into the promised land that, that was in many ways ambiguous. They just knew it was good. It was this promise. It's a land that flows with milk and honey. I love that. Milk, the type of, of product that is produced when you can have safety and pasture and establishment and set yourself up. You have dairy cows. Dairy cows, you're not herding through the wilderness. You are established and set up. And it's a land that flows with milk, meaning you're going to be established there. And it's also a land that flows with honey. Guess what? Honey, you don't have to work for. Honey just sort of happens miraculously and organically. It takes place as a, a community of bees works together. And God's promise of the, the promised land was simply this. When you get there, you're going to see this is a place you can live. And it's a place that you're going to get more than you ever really expected. It just flows with milk and it flows with honey. But in between the oppressive formulaic slavery they experienced in Egypt and the ambiguous blessing of the promised land. There was a journey to be had. I, I guess like for, for a lot of us, I feel like this, that our life of sin before we meet Jesus is a little bit like Egypt. There's rules to follow. They're oppressive. They're formulaic. And you're never really truly free. The Bible says this, that we're not free when we're in sin. We're actually slaves to sin. But then Jesus comes like a deliverer, like Moses in the story of Egypt. He comes in and he sets us free from slavery and he's bringing us to a better life. And that better blessing is often ambiguous. God has, have you ever heard this? He's got big things for you. Have you ever heard someone say that? God's got big things for your life. It's true. It just doesn't mean much. It's like saying land flowing with milk and honey. I don't know what that means for me now that God has big things for my life. But let me tell you as your pastor, God has big things for your life. He's got huge promises in store for you individually and for us corporately. But here we are on this journey called life in between slavery and the promise and God is leading us. Now I told you to go to Numbers chapter nine. I want you to stay there. But I, I will answer the question of how God is leading us before we even look at this passage, okay? Not the technicality of how exactly God led them. We'll get into that. But the attitude with which God led them. Let me read this to you. For some, you will have never heard this passage of Scripture before. I know you're going to be tempted to go there with me, but don't. Stay in Numbers chapter 9 because that's where we're focused today. But check out the attitude of, of God's leadership, the way in which he leads, what a great leader he is. Hosea chapter 11 and verse four. This is God speaking. And he says this, I led them with cords of human kindness and with ties of love. To them, I was like one who lifts up a little child to the cheek and I bent down to feed them. Before we even get into the practicality of how God leads or the methods he uses to lead, I want you to understand the attitude in which God leads us is cords of loving kindness. He uses, it's, it's like he ties a ribbon of love around us and says, come on. He says this, the gentleness he uses, think of this, the way someone reaches down to grab a small child and brings them up 
to their cheek. How many people have ever done that before? You know that new baby smell? We got a little bit of that smell around our house right now. My son Crux is just over six weeks old, and I guess he's seven weeks old now. My goodness, time flies. And you just kind of pick him up and you're like, hey, buddy, how's it going today? And you bring him up to your face and his soft baby face on anything but soft dad face. But there's this connection and this intimacy. That's the way that God wants to lead you into the promise. That's the way he's leading you out of slavery and into the ambiguity of a land that flows with milk and honey. Loving kindness, tenderness, nurturing, provision, and care. If you feel like God's mad at you, you are not looking at God. If you feel like God is, is he's just wrecking your life, you are not focused on God right now. You got your eyes on the wrong thing. If you think God's just destroying my life, trying to force me, I hear it all the time. I guess God just had to put me through this terrible situation to teach me something. No, no, God met you in the terrible situation and he reached down and picked you up and drew you close and drawed you near and he's gonna lead you out of that situation in loving kindness. Let's not ascribe to God all the hardship we go through. Life is hard. The wilderness is, is, is a, a dangerous feeling place, but there is a promise in store for you and I and God is leading us on that road. This has nothing to do with my sermon. I better not get sidetracked here today, but I need us to understand this. He's a loving God. He is a tender God. He is beckoning us forward towards what he is doing. And everywhere he leads us, he's going. Come on, God's a great leader. I think leadership has been highlighted over the last 18 months, for me, more than anything else. More, more than, than, than policies, more than science, more, more than social issues, more than justice, more than anything. What I see every day when I look at the news, what I see in every human interaction right now is leadership or the lack thereof. I'm seeing leaders, great leaders rising up in this time and I'm seeing, how do I say this? Less than great leaders also rising up in this time. Those who are leading with loving kindness and those who are leading out of confusion, fear, guilt, intimidation, and bargaining. I'm so grateful that we have a perfect leader in God. Are you excited about that? Okay, I promised you, Numbers chapter nine. Let's go there, check this out. This is now the method in which God led. This is the way in which he led. The attitude of his leadership, loving kindness, tenderness, nurturing, the way, the method of his leadership, check this out. Uh, Numbers chapter nine, verse 15. It says, on the day the tabernacle, the tent of the covenant law, was set up, a cloud covered it. From evening till morning, the cloud above the tabernacle looked like fire. That is how it continued to be. The cloud covered it, and at night it looked like fire. Whenever the cloud lifted from above the tent, the Israelites set out. Wherever the cloud settled, the Israelites encamped. At the Lord's command, the Israelites set out, and at his command, they encamped. As long as the cloud stayed over the Israelites, or I should say over the tabernacle, they remained camped. And when the cloud remained over the tabernacle a long time, they obeyed God's command, and they did not set out. Sometimes, verse 20, the cloud was over the tabernacle only a few days. And at the Lord's command, they would encamp, and at his command, they would set out. Sometimes the cloud stayed only from evening till morning, and when it lifted in the morning, they set out. 
whether by day or by night, whenever the cloud lifted, they set out. Whether the cloud stayed over the tabernacle for two days or a month or a year, the Israelites would remain in camp and not set out. But when it lifted, they would set out. At the Lord's command, they encamped, and at the Lord's command, they set out. They obeyed the Lord's order in accordance with his command through Moses. Now, if you don't, don't get what is being said there, you might not have very good reader comprehension because it's repetitious over and over and over. When God moved, they moved. When God didn't move, they moved. His movement was his command. His stillness was his command. What God was teaching them in the wilderness was how to follow. Maybe you can resonate, like me, with the feeling of slavery, a feeling of being being the formulaic, stuck, no sense of freedom. Maybe, like me, you can, can hold on to the dream of a promise. As ambiguous as it might be, God's got big things for us. Vivid Church, God's got big things for us. Land of milk and honey. But here we are in the in-between. And as God leads us, he is trying to teach us how to follow. Now, practically speaking, for the people of Israel, there was a, a tabernacle. It was a, a, another word for tent. A tent where God just said, this is where I will dwell. If you want to meet with me, this is the tent where I'm going to hang out. And there was an actual physical structure. And in that structure, very few simple things. And, and one of the things that was there was the, the Ten Commandments that God had given Moses. And he had written out, here's the way that you draw near to me. You need to, to follow these rules. There's not hundreds, but there's ten. And these ten things, if you can fulfill them, we get to be in community. And, and so they were in the, the place there. And there was an altar there where they could make sacrifices. But God said this, this is where I choose to dwell in this tent. So the first thing they would do whenever they established camp is set up God's tent of presence. It was the most important thing to them. Not where they particularly lived, not their particular view or, or the, the neighbor who was to the right or the left or what they were adjacent to. They just wanted to be near to the presence of God. And so they actually followed the physical manifestation of God in the form of a cloud. The Bible says this, it was like a pillar of cloud. I'm not sure if it was a pillar that was vertical or a pillar that was horizontal. I don't know what a pillar of cloud exactly would look like, but it was very clear indication to them. And God said this, wherever you see this cloud go, follow. Now, if you were to look on a map and look at the GPS of the way they followed, there is uh, probably not a clear pathway that you could anticipate and say, oh, of course, they went there, 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 and there. It seemed to meander at some times. It seemed to move in different directions. Why? Because God was teaching them that his presence was more important of a pursuit than their destination. You need to know this, that you reaching the destination God has for you, like getting to the promised land, is actually less important than you learning how to be in God's presence. Because if you stay with God, you'll get to the promise. You know, uh, this summer, one of the things we've been doing, like I said, we have a new baby in our house. If we've never met before, uh, that new baby is not our first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, or seventh. It's our eighth baby. And so for the, the remaining kids, one of the things that I've said is every week, let's go to the beach at least once a week. 
We live in such a beautiful city full of beaches, and so we're checking it out. And, and well, Jennifer is uh, getting just a few moments with, with just Crux, our youngest son. I'm taking the other seven. I'm like, we're going to hit the beach once a week. We're going to go play some beach volleyball. We'll throw a Frisbee. We'll play some bocce. We'll eat, have a picnic, do all that. And it's amazing. We roll up to the beach. I put the vehicle in park. I, I open my door and begin to walk. And my kids have learned to follow at my pace. Now, how did they learn that? How did they learn that, hey, chaos, we're here? Because we've talked about it, we've planned for it, we've prepared for it. They've gone on lots of walks with me, and so they know the pace that I like to go and the places that I want to lead them. In fact, for us, I've said one of the things that's super important to me is that our transition into the vehicle and out of the vehicle just needs to be quicker. Sometimes we, we roll up where we were going and it feels like we just sit there forever and everyone's chit-chatting. I'm like, let's get to the place we're going and then we can sit down and enjoy. And when I say, hey guys, it's time to go, I don't mean we're going some point soon. I don't mean, hey, let's think about the thought of going. I mean, right now, we're dropping everything we're doing because it's time to go. We've talked about it. We've, we've walked a journey together. And so now I get to the beach. I'm like, that, that spot looks beautiful. Let's go. And the oldest pairs with the youngest, and they are all partner together, and they follow along with me. But, but I've been on so many walks where I've, I've had to say this. Hey, Titus, not so fast. Hey, Gwyneth, let's go. Hey, Sophie, not over there. Kezia, Kezia, Kezia. I'm joking. She's our oldest. She's amazing. But hey, come on this way. We're going to walk together. We're going to do this thing together. It's, it's what I think cords of loving kindness look like. It's God understanding. Some of us like to run ahead and some of us like to drag behind, but he's teaching us how to follow. And for the people corporately, it looked like this. Sometimes the cloud would just stay still for a day and sometimes for a month and sometimes for a year. And when it was still, they were to be still. And when it was moving, they were to be moving. Isn't that crazy? That what God is asking of us is that we would follow his leadership. I like to think of it this way. God is not shooing us into our purpose. He is wooing us into our purpose. He's not saying, you go and do this. He's saying, come and be. Come and learn. Come and see. In fact, this is a model we see in Jesus' ministry. He's always saying to people, come and see. Come and see. Get a little bit closer. Experience the testimony. Come and see. He's wooing us into our destiny instead of shooing us towards the promise. Isn't that awesome? Okay, there's three words I want us to focus on here as we see this. The writer of Numbers is just repetitious over and over, so we really get through our head that they didn't have an individualized way of thinking. They didn't go where they wanted to go. They went where God was leading. And we need to understand that. The pillar covered the tabernacle. That's the first word I want you to look at. In fact, in my Bible, if you could see it via close-up here, in verse 15, it says the cloud covered it. Covered. I want you to just think of that word covered. Covering. What does covering provide? The cloud covered not one individual at a time, not God picking favorites. The cloud covered the tabernacle. The cloud covered the place where God was dwelling, and the call to people was to stay close to where God was. It's so important that we understand our walk of faith as much as there is individual aspects to us, God is just you and me. It's also us. It's not just God leading me or God leading you. It's not just what's God's plan for my life individually and I'm gonna go pursue that. It's where's God taking us? He's covering. 
Now, covering provides uh, something really cool. I've never thought of this before until today. And as I was pondering this passage and what I wanted to share, I was reminded of what it feels like in a desert. That's where they were in the desert. And what it feels like in the daytime is oppressively hot. You ever been in a desert before? I, I, I for a season, my, our family lived uh, in Los Angeles, and we lived just on the edge of the desert in a community called Encino. And in the daytime, every day, like, like any month of the year, any time, it was just hot, like really hot. And sometimes we would vacation further into the desert where you walk out of the, the building you're in to a wall of heat. And there's no way to get away from it except for when you find shade. Well, what does a cloud provide in a desert? It provides some shade, covering that makes life sustainable. You know what's crazy about the desert is in the nighttime, the temperature drops drastically and it goes from very hot to really quite cold. I like that part of it because I always run a little bit hot. But, but there we were living in a place that all day long you're just trying to find reprieve from the sun. And then as soon as the sun goes down, you're looking to put on a hoodie. You're, you're looking to kind of get a little warm. Well, what was this pillar like at night? The Bible says it was like fire. Isn't that a beautiful picture, again, of loving kindness, these cords of tenderness that God is wooing us to where he's going? He's saying, I'm going to provide some shade for you in the daytime so you won't be baked in the heat. And I'm going to provide some comforting, nurturing, warm flame at nighttime so you have a place to be at peace and at ease. God wants to cover us in leadership. God is looking to cover us. And it seems to me as I study scripture that, that God brings covering in community. He says, I'm covering not just your giftedness, but your unity. I'm covering not just your unique preferences, but your ability to lay those preferences down for something bigger and say, I am uh, called out of darkness just like you are. And my goodness, do I see the world different, but here we are together in Jesus. And the Bible says that is where God commands a blessing. That's where he provides a covering. So I need you to know this. If you're trying to figure out, God, what do you have next for me in my life? Part of what he has next for you is together. It's not just you alone. If you feel like God is calling me into isolation, that's not the way God leads. I've seen some leadership that way. It's not the way God leads. God leads us into community. He leads us together. Is that cool? You follow me? Okay, covered. First word. Second word I want you to highlight that I've underlined here uh, is in verse 16. It's this. It says, that is how it continued to be. It continued to be. Can you underline that word continued? God's leadership for us provides covering. God's leadership for us is also uh, continuation. It is consistency. It is constancy. It is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What they saw in the cloud was not only that it offered covering, there was never a morning where they woke up and said, where did God's presence go? They could always see where his presence was. In the same manner, you need to get in God's presence. The Bible says where two or more are gathered, that's where God's presence is. That's why you need to be in church. That's why you need to be with people because you need the presence of God. And so do I. And so they never had a morning where they woke up and said, where's God's presence? But they did have some mornings where they woke up and said, God's presence is on the move. He's calling us somewhere and I want to stay close to his presence. And this continued not for a day, not for a month, not for a year or a decade, but for the 40 years that they wandered in the wilderness, 
They had a physical representation of the presence of God in their midst. Wherever he led, they would follow. Consistency, constancy, God is leading. Let me show you a a couple of scriptures here. This consistency is not just God providing shade and warmth, as cool as that is. The consistency is that God provided protection. In the book of of Exodus chapter 14, it tells the story of this cloud leading them out of Egypt. And as the the, uh, pursuing army of Egypt came up behind them, God moved the cloud from in front of the people to behind the people to put the enemy into confusion. And they made their way into the cloud and it brought them into confusion. Isn't that amazing? The presence of God brings his people into clarity and his enemies into chaos. I love that thought so much that God is leading us towards clarity and he is providing protection in his presence. That's what Isaiah says in Isaiah chapter four in verse five. Isaiah chapter four and verse five, speaking of this thought of uh of shelter or protection. Isaiah 4, verses 5. I was scribbling all these down before I started recording today, and I should have probably set some little tabs. But check this out. Isaiah 4, and verse uh, 5. It says this. Then the Lord will create over all of Mount Zion and over all the assembly a cloud of smoke by day and a glow of flaming fire by night. Over everything, the glory will be a canopy. It will be a shelter and a shade from the heat of the day, a refuge and a hiding place from the storm and the rain. Part of God's consistency is the way he's continuing to lead us. It is providing not only clarity, but protection. It's providing shelter. In the book of Nehemiah, chapter 9, check this out. Nehemiah, chapter 9, and, uh, and verse 12, speaking of the way God led from the fire and the, from this pillar. It says this, uh, By day you led them with a pillar of cloud, and by night with a pillar of fire, to give them light on the way that they should take. God, his presence, is a guiding light for our leadership, and he's continually going to lead in that way. In Deuteronomy chapter 1 and 33, it says God was leading them from this cloud and searching out a place for them to rest. I love the reality that God is going before me, that I'm not, not saying, God, where do you want me to go? And then running off on my own. He's actually going before me. He's going before us and he's searching out a place where we can be at rest. In Nehemiah 9.19, it says he led. Uh, let me just read it for you. It says he's leading from this cloud in compassion. Check this out. Verse 19, because of your great compassion, you did not abandon them in the wilderness. By day, the pillar of cloud did not fail to guide them on their path, nor the pillar of fire by night to shine on the way that they should take. It is a testimony of the compassion of God that he's still leading us. Let's get real honest right now. I have at times deviated onto my own path. And I don't even need to ask the question because I know you have too. But God's compassion is this, the testimony of his kindness and compassion, the tenderness that he continues to lead us through the wilderness with is such that he keeps on showing up. He just keeps on being consistent and he keeps on getting better and better. In Psalm 99, 7, it says he spoke from the pillar. In Exodus 24, 16, it says he called them from the pillar. What we need to understand and get in our heart is simply this. God's leadership is continual in our lives. It provides covering. When you step outside of God's covering, you might as well just be lost 
out in an open, vacuous desert. But when you stay in the covering, in the nearness and closeness to God, on a journey of nearness towards his purpose, you are living in the shade of his covering. Not only the shade, but all those things that come in the continuation, the consistency of his leadership, protection and shelter and guidance and compassion and his voice and his call. God's leading us. Lastly, the last word I want to highlight is this, in the way that God leads. Uh, In Numbers chapter 9, if you're still there in your Bible, you're going to see this right away. Uh, You're going to look for a word that starts with a C. And uh, you will remember we read it over and 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 over again. It's this word, command. Command. Verse 18 of Numbers chapter 9, it says, At the Lord's command the Israelites set out. Now, let me ask you the question, how did God command them? How did he give his command? Well, he gave his command by either moving or staying. His command was nearness. The continuing command he gave was companionship. If you take no other notes, write this down. Our commander is also our companion. The commander, the one who's giving direction is also our companion. Jesus put it this way in John 15, 15. He said to his disciples, I don't see you as my servants. I'm not calling you servants anymore. I'm calling you my friends because everything the father's telling me, I'm telling you. I'm leading you. I want to be not only your commander, but your companion. Jesus wasn't abdicating leadership, saying, I don't lead you anymore, we're all equals. There was still very much a hierarchy of who was in charge in that relationship, and there always will be. But the kindness of the way God leads is that he commands and desires for companionship. So instead of searching out a formula, we need to embrace his friendship. Instead of trying to turn following Jesus back into the the formulaic system of slavery, we need to embrace the nuanced, mysterious, adventurous, who knows what's coming next way that God is leading us. Sometimes we stay still for a while and sometimes we move. And sometimes we, we move for a long time and sometimes only a short distance. And sometimes it feels like, oh, I guess we're just staying here. And other times it goes, whoa, we're moving already? That's the way God leads. He leads through his companionship, through his friendship, and through his kindness. I'm going to bring this to a close now. As a church, if you've been part of Vivid for a while, you might have felt this. It seems like sometimes we're running a mile a minute, and sometimes we're just saying, slow down. I'm telling you this, if you're on the staff here at Vivid Church, if you're one of our our team leaders or pastors, you have felt this many times where where I'm going, guys, let's go. Come on, we got to move. And then other times I'm going, no, we're good. We're good. Let's just wait. Let's be, be still right here. What are we trying to do? We're trying to discern where God is leading us. I I, I think in all of this, you, you might listen to this message and go, cool. I haven't seen a cloud in the sky though. I've never seen a pillar of cloud leading me. I've never seen like, you know, a a flaming pillar of fire at night. And so how am I supposed to experience this? This is a great question. You see, when Jesus came, he said that his presence is no longer in a tent. He's presenced himself in our lives. And not only me, the individual, or you, the individual, but us, his people. This is where God 
presences himself. We're the tabernacle. It says this in, in uh, Paul's letter to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16. Check this out. I told you I'm coming to a close and I wasn't lying. We're about to land this thing. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16. It says this. Do you not know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? We're the temple. Paul uses this, this language over and over and over again. He goes, oh no, we're God's house. He's using us as bricks. We're, we're actually not just inanimate objects, we are living stones that God is piecing together for a place where his glory might dwell. How do we experience the leadership that God wants to lead us? Well, together understanding that instead of being a pillar of cloud in the day and a pillar of fire at night, God has presenced himself in his church and he is asking us to learn how to follow his lead. Where he leads us, we will follow. Not a commander who is, uh, uh, is shooing us forward, but a companion who is wooing us with cords of loving kindness, leading us into his promise. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15. Colossians 3 and verse 15. Someone's saying, Pastor, this is great theoretically, but I still have questions practically. How does this look? How, how does God lead? Check this out. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15. It says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body we were called to peace. God wants to lead us by peace. It goes on to say this, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another in wisdom through psalm and hymn and spiritual hearts, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let the peace of God rule your hearts. This word rule, it's a Greek word which means to be the umpire. God is like an umpire. He's like the judge who in that time was deciding who had finished the race first and deserved the, the crown of honor or who had wrestled most successfully and deserved the crown of honor. God, his peace, is like a judge in our lives. He is helping us to decide which way to go. And so often we can say, well, Peace is too ambiguous. It's just too hard to know. And so I'm just going to try things. And by trial and error, hopefully I'll stumble into the promised land. The thing is, God wants you to know his presence and his peace more than he just wants to fast forward you into the promise. So let's learn to function in peace. Some people say to me, I know it's not the right decision, but I have peace with it. No, 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 that's not peace. You've just learned to callous yourself. You've learned to shut down your emotions and to say no and straight arm God and push him away. The peace that God leads us into is in accordance with his will. That's why James says this. Nobody should be saying, tomorrow I'm going to do this and the next day I'll go there. We should all be saying, oh, I'll go there and I'll do this if God wills it. If God is leading me in that way. We need to become incredibly excellent at discerning where God's peace is leading us where God is leading us in loving kindness. Does that mean we'll never need bravery? Of course not. Does that mean we'll never take risk? Oh, absolutely not. It's a risk. It's a risk. It has that sense of risk. But there's a safety 
in his covering. God's leadership brings covering. God's leadership brings continuation or consistency. But God's leadership is still a command. He's still leading us through companionship, commanding us forward. Vivid Church, we're on the move. Wherever you're walking from, wherever you're, you're heading towards, we are on the move. God is calling us there together, and he is going to lead us in peace. Amen? Can I pray for you right now? Jesus, we believe in you. We belong to you. We trust you. We need you. We are desperate for you. We are lost without you. This wilderness would be impossible to survive without the shade that comes in your presence and the warmth that your presence provides. We need your shelter. We need your guidance. We need your voice. And so teach us to stay near to where you're at. Teach us to, to stay together when it would be easier to scatter. Teach us, God, how, how to find your friendship and not just turn you into a formula. We want to know what your voice sounds like. We want to know what you're leading us to. And I pray right now that the peace of God would guard and rule our hearts, no longer ruled by anxiety, no longer ruled by comparison, no longer ruled by some sort of external pressures, no longer ruled by our laziness, by our lusts, by our pride, by our fear, by our greed, no longer ruled by, by the, the messages that bombard us from outside, but ruled by your peace. I ask peace over the next step decisions, peace over where you're leading us corporately in peace for every person as they try to figure out uniquely what are you calling me to in community? What are you calling me to be a part of? I thank you, God, that your promise is yes and amen. And even as we close right now, if you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, guess what? He's actually been pursuing you. He's actually been calling you and wooing you towards himself. Jesus loves you so much. You matter to God. He, he's, he's won the victory and made a way so you don't have to just follow a tent. You don't have to look for a, a pillar of cloud and you don't have to stay in the slavery to your sin anymore. But the Bible says this, if you call out to God, he hears you and you are saved. Let me lead you in a prayer like that. If you don't know Jesus, it's just like this. Dear Jesus, I believe in you and I'm giving you my life right now. I'm trusting you as Lord of my life. I'm sorry for my sin. I need your grace. And if you prayed a prayer like that, you have begun a relationship with God. Your best days are ahead of you, and God is going to lead you. We're going to do this thing together. If that's you, reach out to us. Send us an email. Let us know how we can serve you in these coming days. I hope you're encouraged today on this summer road trip. We're on a road trip. We're on our way to the promise. I don't know how many stops there are going to be along the way. I don't know exactly when the longitude and latitude will line up with my previous uh, preconceived notions, but I know this, that if I can learn how to appreciate the peace that comes in God's presence, the promise is on the way. I love you so much. I'm going to see you here next week. Have the best week, blessed and led by the presence of God. We hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Vivid Church podcast. For more information about Vivid Church, check out our website at www.vivid.church or look us up on Instagram at vivid.church. Have the best day.